0: going for the gold the podcast where we talk about all things academy awards i'm your host liv barry and it's been a while um i don't know how many months it's been since february probably a lot (laughs) i can't count when is that like nine i don't know nine feels right um but yeah hi welcome back i did not do a recap of the oscars as promised but hey nothing happened nobody slapped anybody It was really normal. And for today, things still aren't happening. It's technically award season now. The Emmys are past us and we are gearing up for a lot of fall releases that will be Academy Award contenders. So for today's episode, I wanted to look at the movies that have awards buzz that I haven't seen and kind of talk about them, read their synopses and give an excitement ranking for them and also say what I think these movies might get nominations for. So to break this down a little bit, I am going to be talking about about 10 movies. Uh, I'm going to give a little bit of background about the movies, their synopses, their director, uh, the length, and my predictions. The movie that I'm starting with is Tar, directed by Todd Field, who... I haven't heard of. Maybe I'm just uncultured, which is sometimes the case. Uh, He has directed Little Children in 2006 um, and In the Bedroom in 2001. And this is his first film in, what's 22 minus 6? 14 years? 15 years? Uh, I hope that math is right. Um, (laughs) But this is Todd Field's first really big movie in a very long time. And it's an epic of a movie it is two hours and 38 minutes long it is starring Kate Blanchett who also produced the film and it follows the life of a super famous kind of conservative conductor i was listening to another podcast that i really enjoy called the big picture shout out the big picture they do a lot of film related stuff they do rankings and they do film drafts but they were talking about their early predictions for oscar nominees and they compared Cate Blanchett's character in T.A.R. to Ayn Rand. Um, for those of you out there who unfortunately know who this is, she's a super conservative author, um, very capitalist. But they compared that the main character to her, um, and apparently the film follows the life of this conductor and cancel culture. Um, and, you know, I think that sometimes movies or think pieces or what have you about cancel culture are quite frankly stupid i think they're typically very surface level explorations of what it means to be canceled and what it means to be held accountable uh most of the times these movies don't even talk about accountability not movies i feel like there haven't been a lot of movies about cancel culture it's such a new thing but a lot of times these think pieces don't encompass accountability uh in their examinations of cancel culture Um, And I'm hoping this movie seems really smart. Uh, It looks beautiful. Maybe I'm I'm not putting enough faith in it, but I really hope that it touches on cancel culture in a thoughtful, nuanced way instead of the way that we usually see it portrayed these days. My excitement level for Tar, personally, is a 3 out of 10. I just... (laughs) Two hours and 38 minutes of a conservative woman who has been compared to Ayn Rand talking about cancel culture, or she's not talking about cancel culture, but, you know, it just doesn't seem like my thing. You will notice that there's gonna be a pattern in this podcast of all of these movies being really exceedingly fucking long, too long. No movie, in my opinion, should ever be above two hours. Why? There's just no need. Um, but over half of these movies are over 2 hours and 15 minutes which is ridiculous and you know for for my loyalty my unfortunate loyalty to predicting I'm gonna have to sit through like probably 20 hours of movies because of how long these fucking movies are which is ridiculous but yeah off my spiel off my spiel Uh, my excitement for Tar I'm not jazzed about it, but, you know, I'll still see it. It looks really pretty, and that's what I'll say about it. My predictions, my Oscar predictions for what it will be nominated for, maybe best picture? I put a question mark next to this. Um, it seems a little, I don't know. I don't think the Oscars like high-level, thinky movies. They like movies that very clearly fit into a formula. Um And Tar doesn't seem like it will fit into a formula. So possibly Best Picture, but it could be a toss-up. Definitely, Cate Blanchett will get a nomination for Best Actress. This seems like a vessel for an actor. It seems like it was made Cate Blanchett to really showcase her talents. The last time she won was for Best Actress in Blue Jasmine. I don't know what that is. Sorry, am I... Am I a bad film watcher? I have no idea what Blue Jasmine is. Um, but getting back to the point, Cate Blanchett will probably be nominated for best actress here. And because the movie is about a conductor, I think it will definitely get uh, a best sound nomination because I don't think you can have a movie about the music industry and not be nominated for best sound. It makes me think a lot about sound of metal. Uh, and how that kind of swept all of the technical sound categories. So those are my thoughts on T.A.R. And next up, we have Amsterdam, directed by David O. Russell. You might know Mr. O. Russell from directing American Hustle, Silver Linings Playbook, getting alleged by his 19-year-old niece for assaults. Um, yeah, David O. Russell is a piece of shit. Uh, there, There is no ifs, ands, or buts about that. Uh, and also, to add insult to injury, everything that I've been hearing about this film is negative. Uh, but the Oscars love to jerk off David O. Russell. Uh, they, for whatever reason, loved American Hustle. I remember that being like a big event. I remember watching the Oscars when american hustle was nominated for everything for whatever reason they were just obsessed with that movie uh i've personally never seen it it looks bad i don't think i would enjoy it um (laughs) but back to amsterdam it is it kind of has a stacked cast it's starring margot robbie christian bale and john david washington um it's genre is a little confusing it's like comedy slash slight biopic slash political drama, but allegedly the political drama part of it does not become apparent until the end of the movie. Uh, So we've got a bit of a hodgepodge of genres, which normally I wouldn't mind, but because it's from David O. Russell, I would not trust it. This movie is also absurdly long. It's two hours and 14 minutes. My excitement level for this is a one out of 10. I don't even know if I'll watch it. I'm definitely not going to watch it now, Maybe if it gets nominated for something, I will illegally stream it. I would prefer to not give money to David O. Russell, um, but I feel like its nomination for an award is just kind of inevitable. The Oscar, the thing about the Oscars is that they love like mid to bad movies by acclaimed directors. So you know, I, I just strongly feel as if Amsterdam will get a few maybe even many nominations this year. My predictions for what Amsterdam will get nominated for are Best Picture and Best Director, because the Academy is fucking stupid. Moving on. <laughs> All right, the next movie on my list is Triangle of Sadness, and I'm going to be honest, guys, I am incredibly stoked for this one. Directed by Swedish director Ruben Osland directed a number of pre-acclaimed films, including Force Majeure, which is uh, about a family who goes on this trip to the mountains, and it it explores ethics. But Triangle of Sadness is going to be the third in this trilogy by Aslan, uh, kind of exploring the psyches of rich people, I'm fairly certain, Uh, which is really interesting. I haven't seen any of the other stuff he has done. I just know that Forrest Major has been on my watch list for years now, and I have yet to see it. Um, <laughs> the only really big name in Triangle of Sadness is Woody Harrelson, which is enough to sell me. I love Woody Harrelson. I think he's really good in everything that he does, and he's just fun to watch. He plays the communist captain of the yacht that these rich people are on. Um, and the plot of this movie is that These two like model influencers who are pretty young get on this boat and then things go super wrong. Everything goes wrong on this boat. Everything imaginable that could go wrong in this boat goes wrong. Uh, And that seems like a really fun plot. Uh, The trailer to this is incredible. Um, Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, It is two hours and 29 minutes. When will the torture end? I'll sit through it for a movie that I'm interested in, but uh, uh, could it not be a little bit shorter? Please. Please. I'm begging you guys. If anyone is listening, if any of you, if any studio executives are listening to Going to the Gold, please. I know I'm just a college student, but please, my opinion matters. Make movies shorter. Ultimately, though, I am excited. My excitement level for this is like uh, an 8 out of 10. Not a 10 out of 10 because it is long. My predictions for this film uh, are best foreign picture. Um, I'm, I don't think this movie is in English that I know of. I guess Woody Harrelson spoke English in the trailer. Um, but its production isn't American. So I think that automatically makes it contender for best foreign film and best production design uh putting together a movie on a boat with a bunch of rich people just sounds like there are a lot of opportunities for the production design to be incredible and i think it will be i mean i haven't seen any of it besides the trailer but yeah that is triangle of sadness next on my list is the fablemans Uh, This is probably the movie that's received the most promotion or the most buzz around it thus far because it is directed by Steven Spielberg, and it's rumored to be his last film. Um, It is, unfortunately, a Hollywood jerk-off plotline. And you know what? I really like... (laughs) I don't know how. Uh, I've never set foot in Los Angeles before. I'm not in the film industry. I... I just enjoy Hollywood jerk off movies, but I know a lot of people don't. And I say unfortunately because I'm tired of hearing that discourse. It's just annoying. And it's that doesn't mean it's not valid. it just annoys me and I'm tired of hearing it. Uh, <laughs> so I'm pretty sure it's semi-autobiographical about Spielberg's childhood and how he got into movie making, which sounds interesting to me. like I would enjoy watching that. I've heard, from people who saw the film premiere at TIFF, that it's it's a little sappy, it's a little over-sentimental. But hey, I, I'm, I'm a fan of sappy things. I, I, I cry at movies. I'm not afraid to say it. I think most people do. Um, but yeah, The Fablemans is, uh, it has a packed cast. It has a packed cast of people who I really enjoy. Uh, Paul Dano, Michelle Williams, Seth Rogen. Um, And a child actor named Gabriel LaBelle, who I've never heard of, but he's playing young Steven Spielberg, I believe. Um, It is 2 hours and 30 minutes. And my excitement level is at like a 6 out of 10. uh, Because A, it's long, and B, if it feels a little too personal, then that would turn me off. I mean, I don't hate super personal things, but... I don't know. I, I just said that I enjoy... I, I don't hate sappy things, but if it is, like, overly sentimental, then I'll be a bit like... Mm. You know, Belfast was overly sentimental. It was too personal. And it was just okay. You know, I feel like when something is too personal, you don't have that room to explore exciting ideas because you want it to be accurate to your experiences and I understand but yeah I'm my excitement level solid six out of ten a little bit more the middle of the road but you know my predictions this will be nominated for fucking everything but especially best picture acting nominations for Paul Dano and Michelle Williams and maybe that little child star directing of course for Mr. Spielberg and production design because it is a period piece and if something is a period piece unless it looks heinous it will be nominated for production design, costume design as well, hair and makeup. You you know the drill. You know the drill for for you know the drill for period pieces. Next up we have Babylon, which I probably misspoke in the last segment about the Fablemans, which is that the Fablemans has had the most buzz. Uh, I've seen a lot of advertisements for Babylon so far, and I don't think it's getting released until Christmas. Uh, So yeah, it is directed by Damien Chazelle, who directed La La Land and Whiplash. The Academy fucking loved both of those movies. Well, might have loved La La Land a little bit less. Uh, But yes, Damien Chazelle is a very well-known actor. Um, I think it might be straying a little bit from... Giselle's usual love for like music. Um, I suppose his last movie, First Man, also did, but that movie flopped. So it is starring Margot Robbie, Brad Pitt, and Diego Calva, um, who I have never heard of. Uh, It doesn't look like he's been in much, but you know, I'm always excited for a newcomer. Fuck Brad Pitt. I hate Brad Pitt. Um, I don't fuck with abusers, and I think that He is coasting off the same wave that Johnny Depp did with the Amber Heard trial um, in his custody or whatever suit he has with Angelina Jolie. I don't know if they're still in their divorce filings or whatever, but uh, yeah, I don't trust Brad Pitt. Fuck Brad Pitt. I'll still watch Babylon. Brad Pitt didn't make it. There are a ton of behind-the-scenes people who it would be a disservice if I didn't support this movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. I watched the trailer for Babylon. I read the summary. To be honest, I still do not know or understand what this movie is about. I feel as if it it looks like a period piece. It's probably another Hollywood jerk-off film. And you know what? I I don't mind. I'll still watch it, guys. I'll be honest. I'll still watch it. Um, it is unfortunately three hours and three minutes long, which is disgusting. Quite frankly, it's disgusting. Um, my excitement level, if Brad Pitt was not attached, would be a ten out of ten. I really enjoy Damien Giselle. I love Margot Robbie. I I love seeing her in serious roles. My attachment, because Brad Pitt is attached and is not, he is not a great actor. My excitement level because of that is at like a 5 or 6 out of 10. My predictions for what Babylon will be nominated for at the Academy Awards. Best picture, acting for Margot Robbie for sure, directing because it's a Damien Chazelle vehicle, and costume design, production, hair, makeup, all of that jazz because it's a period piece. We're approaching the end of like my super predictable Oscar Oscar contenders, uh, this last kind of super predictable one is The Whale, directed by Darren Aronofsky, who has done every overly pretentious film you can think of. A black Swan, rec Room for a Dream, Mother, etc., etc. He's had a few flops in there as well, but you know. <laughs> uh, this movie has gotten a lot of attention because it's Brendan Fraser's comeback movie after he was you know essentially kind of blacklisted from hollywood um but this is his like superstar comeback his like lead comeback uh it is also starring Sadie Sink from Stranger Things um i'm really excited i love Sadie Sink i love Brendan Fraser i am so excited to see the star that Sadie Sink is destined to become she is a powerhouse and i hope it's all here in the whale um, the summary of The Whale, or the synopsis of The Whale, rather, is that it's about a 600-pound gay man trying to reconnect with his daughter. Um, I have a few issues with this. Brendan Fraser is not a fat man, and they put him in a fat suit for this role. Um, and I am uncomfortable with the ethics of fat suits. I don't think fat suits should be used when you could have easily just hired a fat actor regardless, I'm excited for Brendan Fraser's comeback. Was this the role for him? Who's to say? Um, I don't know the answer to that question. Well, I I think I do, but probably not. Um, but (laughs) anyways, yeah, I'm a little uncomfortable with fat suits. It's 2022. I feel like the discourse about fat suits has been going on for years and years and years. Uh, It's tired. It's tired. Stop using fat suits guys. Can we just fucking stop? Anyways, it's a normal runtime. It's just under two hours, which means, yeah, I'll probably go and see this. My excitement level is at a five out of 10. I'm super excited to see the acting performances in this. The plot seems kind of like, eh, seems a little boring to me personally. Um, and also fat suit gives it negative points. Uh, My predictions for what this will win, Brendan Fraser will absolutely get an acting nomination, uh, and it will probably get a directing nomination because of Darren Aronofsky. Whether or not this will receive a Best Picture nomination is kind of up in the air, I feel like, but uh, for acting and directing, it's definitely a shoo-in. I lied, actually, Um, because this movie is the last super obvious Oscar nominee or, like, Oscar-to-be nominee. You know, you know. Um, And it is She Said, directed by Maria Schrader, who directed the documentary on Netflix, Unorthodox. Uh, I never watched Unorthodox. I heard a lot of praise about it. It seems really interesting. Um, And She Said stars Zoe Kazan and Carrie Mulligan. And it follows the story of the real life story of the two journalists at the New York Times who broke the Harvey Weinstein story. It seems interesting. I just feel as if the like oh journalist breaking a crazy story format is at this point an Oscar Bay formula. It has been done again and again and again since spotlight won best picture and it's a little tired guys. I guess this is putting a new spin on it kind of but still also how soon is too soon because I'm worried that this movie might not be totally respectful to the victims uh, of Harvey Weinstein but nevertheless, I guess I'll still go see it. I also hope it has interesting things to say about Me Too, because a lot of Me Too discourse can get tired and overdone. Um, so yeah, it is just over two hours, which again is a, is a normal runtime for a movie. My excitement level is at a 4 out of 10 for aforementioned reasons. And my predictions for She Said are acting, best picture, an adapted screenplay, because I'm pretty sure uh, the, uh, she said is adapted from a book that was written about the journalist who broke the Harvey Weinstein story. All right. Now we're getting to a little bit weird territory, um, which is where the brunt of my excitedness uh, is currently. The first kind of weird left field prediction, but not completely left field prediction I have, is Glass Onion the Knives Out 2 sequel directed by Ryan Johnson and starring every celebrity you can think of. Katherine Hahn, that guy, Edward Norton. I was about to say that guy from Fight Club. Um, uh, Janelle Monet. Um, is Jennifer Coolidge in this or did I dream that? I don't think Jennifer Coolidge is in this, but it'd be really funny if she was. Um, there are, are way more people in it. Just like pick a random celebrity and they're probably in it, quite honestly. Um... <laughs> All we know about The Glass Onion so far is that it's about rich people on a yacht and they were brought to the yacht. Um, Oh my God, it's kind of like Triangle of Sadness. I haven't even thought about that. Rich people on a yacht, hello, same plot, kind of. Um, But these rich people, these rich people are on a yacht because uh, they, Edward Norton's character, I think, sends all of his old friends and acquaintances this puzzle. uh, Then they have to put together the clues of this puzzle uh to get to the yacht and solve his murder I think spoilers uh I'll put a spoiler uh I won't mark this to give a spoiler warning but the it was in the trailer guys it was in the trailer it was in the trailer some people don't watch the trailers for spoilers but I do um my excitement level is a 10 out of 10 I love knives out who doesn't if you don't like if you don't like knives out you're a little bit strange um in my personal opinion uh did I already say my excitement level's 10 out of 10. I'm sure I did. Predictions, best picture? I'm pretty sure Knives Out got a best picture nomination. I don't think it got much more besides that. It might have gotten like screenplay or something. I don't know. Uh maybe Glass Onion will get screenplay, best original screenplay. Um I've heard that it's a little convoluted, so maybe it'll, it'll get like extra points for being a super good murder mystery. Um, yeah. <laughs> Next up, we have White Noise, directed by Noah Bombach, um, acclaimed writer of Madagascar 3. <laughs> Just kidding. He's done a ton of other stuff that the Academy loves. He did the Squid and the Whale and Marriage Story and Francis Haw. Did he did do Francis Ha? Am I lying? Whatever. Uh people love Noah Bombbach. Um, this kind of feels like a st- in the other direction from what Noah Baumbach typically does with his movies. His movies are like indie mumblecore, like family dramas. And White Noise is an adaption of Dan DeLillo's 1980, I don't know what exact year it is, novel um, about a professor of Hitler studies who has to evacuate his family um, because of a chemical spill in the college town. Um, And it seems really cool. It seems dystopian. It's set in the 80s. Um, And it just seems like a departure from Noah Baumbach's typical kind of movie. And I'm excited to see it personally. I am a fan of Noah Baumbach. Sometimes his movies can be like, "Eh, whatever. But I really did enjoy Marriage Story. And I'm excited to see his take on this story. The trailer looked really cool. Um I'm excited. My excitement level for this is a 10 out of 10. Uh, It's at a two hour and 15 minute runtime, which you know what? Whatever. If it looks good, then I don't care that it's that long. Uh, It's set to be released on Netflix. I think it's getting a dual... Oh, oh, so is Glass Onion. I forgot to say that. Um, I think these are both set for dual theater and Netflix releases, or at least I hope. I would hate to watch... Either of these in my living room. Um, and my predictions for White Noise are maybe nothing, but it also could get nominated for di- direction, um, directing, uh, and acting because it's starring Adam Driver and Greta Gerwig. And it also has a handful, and Don Cheadle, and a handful of child actors. So yeah, that's White Noise. And finally, my super wild card prediction is weird the Al Yankovic story, you know what? This prediction is out there, but I I believe in it. I really, really believe that this could get nominated for something at the Academy Awards. It's directed by Eric Apple, who hasn't done really anything besides a documentary about Weird Al with the same name. And it is starring Daniel Radcliffe as Weird Al himself. Evan Rachel Wood, Rain Wilson, Quinta Brunson, and of course, Mr. Weird Al himself. And it is a musical biopic about Weird Al. Um, it's under two hours. Hooray! <laughs> Finally! This was the only movie on the list that uh, was super under two hours. Um, my excitement level, 10 out of 10. I love seeing Daniel Radcliffe doing weird shit. I think it's what he was born to do. It's what he was destined to do. And he's really funny. Um, so I'm... I'm stoked for this one. My predictions for any possible nominations are music. I think if it doesn't get a nomination for its music, it I will consider it a snub. It's the only real musical that's a contender right now that I know of besides like kids' movies, but even then there haven't been many musical kids' movies. I really would like to see Daniel Radcliffe receive an acting nomination for his performance in this. I'm acting as if I've seen this movie. I haven't. I just know... I just know that he's going to kill it, preemptively. (laughs) So yeah, those are all of my predictions for the upcoming movies that will get nominated for an Oscar. Um, Come back in a little bit, maybe next week, maybe in two weeks, to hear my predictions for what will be nominated that I have seen for movies that have been released, that I have watched, and been like, yeah, I can see that getting an Oscar nomination. Um, so keep on the lookout for that. Bye, guys.